You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org.
search the world But it couldn't fill me A man's empty praise And treasures of faith Are never enough Then you came along And put me back together Every desire is now satisfied hearing your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. Nothing is better than 
want you to remember that God, God's created everything you see. He breathed it into existence. You remember when his people were caught up in slavery? He rescued them. What he did was he parted the sea and he made a way for them and then he delivered their enemies to them and he unlocks wounds and he provides water from a rock and he provides manna from heaven and he brought down the walls of Jericho. He froze the sun allowing victory. He's toppled giants with tiny stones. He's brought fire from heaven. He shut the mouths of lions. He preserved life in the belly of a well. He's fed thousands with a few loaves. He gives the weak strength. He heals the sick. He's made the blind see, the deaf ear, the mute speak, the lame walk, and he's overcome evil, and he's made a way through death for you and me by the death and the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, that we will live with him forever. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. What are we afraid of? His resume is flawless. He controls everything. And he loves you. Have you ever heard that saying that bad things happen to good people? You know, what I've come to find out in my life, and especially in 2020, is that bad things happen to all people. You know, we are in, uh, in a worldwide pandemic that has affected not only the United States, it's affected uh, just last week, not only affected the United States, but the president of the United States, the first lady of the United States, and just, you know, everyone around them, as well as, as the world at large, and, and, and you take a step back and, and, and you have to come to a conclusion and you're either going to have to uh, conclude that, that in all these uh, horrible, horrific circumstances that, uh, that we have no hope or we come to the conclusion that God is in control. And so we learned last week, and, and, and I love that the Bible speaks to every situation that we face. And as we've been going through uh, the book of Romans, uh, we've found that the Apostle Paul, led by the Holy Spirit, has been directing God's people to, to have hope and especially to understand how to get right with the one who matters. But in that, he speaks to every situation that we face. He speaks to every circumstance that we, that we go through. And, 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 and we learned last week that, that this suffering that we have in this world, uh, it, 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 there's responses that take place. In other words, the creation groans. We see that with, with hurricanes and, and with, uh, with wildfires and all the devastation and, and just the, the fallen nature of even creation with the stinging of bees and, and, and the ants that bite. There's coming a day when, when creation will be made right the way that the original, uh, the original design was, where, where it would not be harmful in any way. Think about it. I just, I just read uh, a, a friend of ours, uh, my wife and I, uh, in ministry that her and her husband went to Cancun this, 
this week and, and, and a major hurricane hit uh, uh, that area. And so they were asking for prayer because the creation groans that, that it is not in the place where it needs to be. Believers groan. Uh, we as believers, we know that, that this state that we're in is not the, 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 the original design as we age, as we, as we struggle with difficulties uh, in our lives. We, we find out that, that this is not what God has for us. There's something better. And then we found out that the Holy Spirit, that he prays for us, he intercedes with groaning, uh, with words that are, that are, that are un- inexpressible. And we find that, that God himself is, is leading us in a way that, that there's, there's something better, that he has a greater plan, even though that we're here. And, and Paul wrote that, that what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. Now, that's where we pick up today. We pick up with, with the verse that follows. And the verse that follows is, is Romans 8, 28. And, and it, it's a pinnacle verse it's a pinnacle place in the, in, in the, in the scriptures. And, and it's so big that there's no way that I can even deal with the with, with with whole uh, passage. I want to deal with that verse because it, it, it's, it's a verse that, that shows us that no matter what we're going through, no matter what you're facing, God is working in all things. God is working in whatever you have going on in your life, whether it's relational, whether it's a, it's a circumstance, financial uh, uh, illness. God is working in all things. And so the, the Apostle Paul, as the Holy Spirit is directing him, he says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Think about what Paul said. And we know. It's not a guess. It's not a possibility or a maybe. We can know without a shadow of a doubt that that God is working in all things. And so I put together five what I call Romans 8.28 promises that we should know. That we should internalize, that we should uh, live out. These should be anchors in our, in our life because it's not that the possibility of problems or suffering that might come. There, there will be problems and suffering that will come. And, and, and when those times come, we need to know these five things. The first thing that, that is, that is, fundamental is is this we should know that god is working god is never idle in your life that's not god that's your husband or that's your wife that's idle or that's your kids that's idle or that's the government or that's you know you can blame everything or that's not the government or it's, it's it could be the, the you know uh amazon or or you know whatever you, you we can blame everything else about being idle in your life why aren't they moving in your life it's the internet it's not fast enough it's not god god is not idle he he's not he's not uh uh He's not going to, to take a nap during your problem. God is always at work. And so Paul said, God works. You should know that God is at work. 
And God is at work in your life in ways that you might not understand. He, he's, he's been at work in my life for, for, for the 20 plus years that I have walked with Jesus Christ. God has been at work in my life in ways sometimes that I don't understand. But that doesn't neglect or negate the fact that God is at work. So there were some religious leaders that came upon Jesus. And Jesus was always doing something for the glory of the Father. He came to fulfill the will of the Father. And they were upset because he was healing people during the Sabbath. He was doing all these wonderful things during the Sabbath. And, and, and people, because religion tries to put God in a box. And we, we try to, to, to look at every detail from our perspective instead of God's perspective. And, God, and Jesus didn't come to, to meet man in our perspective. He came to meet man in God's perspective. And so he was doing all these wonderful things, and they were upset with him. And they said, why are you doing these things on the Sabbath? And Jesus replied something that kind of, kind of hits home. Jesus replied, my father is always working, and so am I. My father is always working, and so am I. I I want you to, to, to grab a hold of that for your life. The father is always working, and so is Jesus. No, no matter what you're facing today, the father is always working, and so is Jesus. And then the second thing that we should know is that God is not only always working, but he's working for good. The Apostle Paul, as the, as the Holy Spirit is directing him, he says, God works for the good. And this is not to say that our circumstances are good. In fact, some of our circumstances are horrific. Some of the, 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 the challenges that we have are are bigger than anything that we can ever muster in our own ability. So, so I'm not here testifying that your circumstances are good, but it means that he will do good things in you no matter what circumstances you're in. No matter what you're facing, no matter what challenge you have, the, 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 the final outcome, the, the desire of God is for him to glorify himself in your life and he's more interested in your heart than he's interested in your circumstance he cares about you as an individual he cares about how you will come out in this storm how are you going to come out of this storm with your heart in the right place or with your fist shaking at god and everything that you're going through. In everything that we go through, the sole desire of the Father is for us to know him through the Son. You see, Jesus came to reveal the Father. And if you, if you read the life of Christ, if you, if you read the life of Jesus, you find out that everything he did was good. 
His sole purpose was to, to restore people. His sole purpose was to help people. His, his sole purpose was to deliver people. His sole purpose was to forgive people. That's what the cross is all about. His sole purpose was to conquer what we cannot conquer, and that's death. And, and Jesus, as he's talking, he says, My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Here, here's, here's Paul later on saying that, that we should know that God is working for good. And Jesus is saying, no one knows the Father except the Son. And then he says, no one knows the Son except the Father. So knowing is important. Knowing that there's one with you that is faithful is important. Knowing that, that the Father works through the Son and the Son's works reveal the Father. Restoring our brokenness Setting people free from addictions, dispelling the darkness in our lives, and, and, and rebuking the demons that try to destroy us are the works of God in our lives. So Jesus said to the religious leader in John 10, 38, he says, but if I do his work, he's talking about the Father, but if I do the Father's work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done. Even if you don't believe me, then you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. And we need to know that God is at work. And when God is at work, good things happen. I would even say this, when God is at work, God things happen. I'm speaking to someone today. And more than that, God is speaking to someone today that, that you're at the end of your rope. And let me tell you, that's a good place to be. Because if you let go of what you're going through and let God, he is able to bring good into your situation and into your circumstance. And sometimes, beloved, sometimes we don't see Jesus for who he is. Sometimes you, you might hear about Jesus, you might talk about Jesus, but you don't know Jesus for who he is. And that's exactly what the disciples struggled with. Philip, as, as, as he's uh, spending time with Jesus before the cross, right before the cross in John 14. I mentioned John 14 last week. But Philip asked a question. He says, just show us the Father, Lord. Just show us the Father. And, and Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip? And yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Jesus didn't say he was the father. Jesus said, if you see me, you've seen the attributes of the father. You have seen who the father is. And that's exactly what Christ is speaking to, to someone here today. That, that God wants you to know that if you put your eyes on Jesus, if you get to know him in a greater capacity, that he can do in you the things that are so good, the things that bring glory to God, the things that, that will help you through whatever circumstance that you're facing. Because he's good. God is good. God is able. God is all-powerful. God is sufficient for whatever you're facing. And we should know, number three, that God is working in everything. 
In everything that we face, that's such a comfort to me. Who would have known that in 2020 we were going to face this pandemic? Who would have known that we were going to face all of this chaos that's going on, all the riots, all the craziness, all the hate that is going on? Who would have known? God knew. Because God knows who we are as people. God knows what happens to us when we live independently of him. That's not God. That's not God that's bringing the hate. It's not God who's bringing the rioting. It's not God who's bringing this division. It's not God who brings this political animosity where brother is against brother, where people are losing their relationships over four years. Instead of trusting in the one who is, who is the king over eternity, we, we put our focus on the temporary and lose our focus off the eternal. God is working in all things. He, he's working in our adversity. He, he is working in our times of difficulty. He works in my lowest seasons of life. And every single one of these is an opportunity for the hand of God in my life. Every difficult thing that I face is an opportunity for the, for the hand of God in action in my life. King David, as he, as he wrote the 23rd Psalm, King David said, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And your rod and your staff, they are a comfort to me, no matter what I face. Because God is working in everything. And King David had lived long enough in relationship with God to know that there was nothing that he would face. Even the shadow and the valley of death that God would not rescue him. From it. I, I don't know what you what you're walking through right now. I, I don't know if you're walking through a valley of death today. But I believe that God wants you to know that you don't have to fear evil because He's with you. And, and God is working in, in, he's working for the good in every detail of your life. One of my, one of my favorite Bible scholars, John Stott, who's gone to be with the Lord, he, he put it like this. He said, we don't always understand what God is doing, let alone welcome it. Nor are we told that he is at work for our comfort, but we know that in all things, he is working towards our supreme good. No, no matter what we're facing, God is working for our supreme good. And we should know, number four, that, that God is working for those who love him. You, you see, God's love for us is an unfailing love. It, this is settled in the fact that the Father sent the very best for you. The Father sent the very best for you. He, he sent his son. He sent Jesus to, to pay a price that he didn't have to pay. To, to die a death that he didn't have to die. To, to suffer and be persecuted 
because of the, the, the amazing, crazy love that God has for us. But what I've come to find out is that, that through, through trials, through difficulties, not only is God's love revealed to me, but, but what I have come to find out is that God's love is reciprocated to him. It is, it is something that happens in me, in, in, my, in my desperation, in my difficulty, that I cry out to the Almighty, and, and I, I find a greater love for him in whatever I face. And in the greatest of difficulties, if when I look at the challenges that have been the greatest in my life, in my family's life, whether they were financial, whether they were a, 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 a storm where there was hurt, immense hurt in my family, what I have come to find out is I have a greater love for Jesus Christ in the trial. God's love produces love in us through the trial. I've learned that I love God more and more in my trials. I've, I've learned that I love God even more than that after my trial. L- let me tell you something that I can, I can promise you. If you put your focus on Jesus in whatever you're facing today, you'll find love. If you put your focus on your circumstance, if you put your focus on your trial, if you put your focus on your suffering, you'll find despair. But there's something about Jesus. There's something about his presence that changes us from the inside out. The great guitarist, uh, Brian Welch, uh, he, he put it like this. He, he plays for the, the band Korn. He said, he said, after his struggles, he said, but then one day I finally realized that screaming at God and begging him to take away my pain wasn't going to work. So I completely surrendered myself and stopped fighting him and asked him what he wanted me to do. And he said, this is God speaking to him. He said, just worship me, praise me, and worship me through the pain. And, and what, what I have come to learn, and, and we hear this from, from someone that's walked in that, in that suffering, walked in that pain. <clears throat> what I've come to learn is that when we worship God, Instead of worshiping our, our circumstance, instead of worshiping our suffering. What do you mean, Pastor? I don't worship my suffering. I don't worship my circumstance. If that's all you're thinking about, it is becoming your God. But when you take your eyes off of your suffering, off of your circumstance, and you put them on the Almighty, and you put them on God, in the face of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the pain will subside. The difficulty will, will seem smaller, and God will become bigger in whatever we face. You see, there, 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 is, there is such a bigger purpose to our suffering. There's such a bigger purpose to this difficulty that we face in our lives. And the bigger purpose is this relationship that we have with God. 
for us to know that he's faithful no matter what we're going through, no matter what we face. See, we should know, number five, that God is working for those who are called according to his purpose. When we realize that what we're going through has a greater purpose than just to cause pain and suffering, it will change and transform your life. The Apostle Paul said, God works for those who have been called according to his purpose. God works and he's working for good for those who are called according to his purpose. In the life of Joseph, the son of Jacob, he found favor with his father and his brothers were very jealous and they, they, they sold him to slave traders and the slave traders sold them to the Egyptians and Potiphar became his, his master. Potiphar was an Egyptian royalty. And then he was accused by Potiphar's wife of, of trying to seduce her when she was the one trying to seduce him. And he was put in prison for about four years. And, and, and every step of his life, we see that the favor of God was on him, even when he didn't realize it. Even when people forgot about him in the dungeon, even when, even when people put him off, even, even when all the things were set against him, his brothers, the royal court, the people in prison, even when all those circumstances were against him, God was in control. And so he says this in, in, in chapter 50 of Genesis, verse 20, he says to his brothers, as the brothers came back and there was a restored relationship, and, and, and Joseph says, you intended to harm me. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. He, he brought me. God brought me to this position. You intended to harm me, but God, but God, he brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. Here, here, that's, that's masterful. That's so incredible. That's so wonderful for you to hear, beloved. The position that you're in is a platform that God has given you to help mankind. To help your circle of influence. Even though people have tried to harm you. Even people that have, that have, that have chattered and not mattered. Even the people that have done things that, that, were, that were intentional about hurting you. Even that. God put you in this position. For a greater purpose. And I just believe that there's someone here today and you felt great pain. And maybe someone here today, you've even blamed God. But I want to testify to you. I want for you to understand that the pain that you have felt is not from God. Let me tell you what is from God. Your healing. Your healing is from Jesus. Your restoration is from Jesus. Your transformation is from Jesus. Your circumstance doesn't have to dictate your life. The hand of the Almighty God 
can dictate your life and your attitude. I want to end with this scripture because I just think it's vital. Listen to what God is saying to you today from the words of the prophet Jeremiah. God is saying this to you. He's saying, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Let me say it again. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's God speaking to you. That's God speaking into your circumstance. That's God speaking into your life. He has a plan for you. And that plan comes with prosperity of peace and joy and love. And long-suffering and self-control and faithfulness. The things that you can't buy with earthly treasure. And he wants to, to, to give you a hope. And he wants to give you a future. He wants for you to know that your circumstance is not the end of the story. Because God is working for the good in your life. In everything that you face. And we found that... Uh, that in the very beginning, we talked about that bad things happen to good people. And then we concluded that, that bad things actually happen to all people. But here's the thing. Is that whatever you're facing today, whatever difficulty you have, whether it's financial, whether it's relational whether it's just a, it's a consequence that's so much bigger than you, you can trust. You can trust that Jesus Christ will work everything for good because of your love for him and especially because of his love for you. And I'm just believing that, that today is a day of destiny, that, that today is a, is, a, is a day that has been marked on the calendar of God, that many of you are going to take that very important step toward Jesus Christ. He already took that step toward you. He took that step when he went to the cross at Calvary. He cared about you so much that he, that he shed his blood, that he, that he gave his life so that you could have life in him. But you have to take that step toward him. You've got to welcome him into your life. And that is as easy as A, B, C. The A is you admit that that you're tired of trying to do life without him. You admit that you are a sinner, that you fall short of of God's glory. And the B is that you you, you believe, you, you put your trust in someone who's greater than you. And I just know that there are some of you out there that you've been trusting in all these things and and your circumstances are overwhelming you. And today that ends because you're putting your trust in the one who's greater. And the C is you confess. We declare with our mouth the greatest things in life. You confess that Jesus is Lord. That he is the Savior, and you make him your Lord and your Savior. And so I want to lead you in a prayer. It's a a prayer uh, of faith. It's a prayer to to start out this new journey by 
welcoming God into your life. It's, it's a prayer that says, God, thank you for speaking to my, to my life, to my heart today. I, I admit that I am a sinner. I, I, I admit that, that I am tired of trying to do life on my own. And today I, I, I put my trust. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. I believe that he went to the cross at Calvary and died for my sins. And so I, I, I choose to confess and to declare him as my Lord and as my Savior. Believing that, that you rose from the dead on the third day just like the Bible said you would. And so today I, I put my faith in you and I, and I pray this in the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we are so excited. I am so excited at every person today that, that has taken that step, that you've crossed the threshold of faith, and now you're walking with the Lord of glory. No matter what you face, from this day forward, you can trust that God is working for the good in your life. He's working for the good in your heart. He's working for the good in your family. And he's not going to leave you or forsake you. And so at Living Word Chapel, we want to be a church that comes alongside that, that, that will love you, that will encourage you, that will strengthen you. In fact, we're, we're a church that uh, we exist to love and to empower and to transform people with the living word of God. The word of God will never change. It will never leave us abandoned. It will never let us down. And so we are so excited about what you've done today. If you've taken that step, we'd love for you to put the emoji praise hands and just put them up or, or put on the comments that, that you said yes to Jesus. Send us an email and tell us what you've done. And we, we want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. We want to strengthen you. We want to be here for you. So we pray that you have a, a wonderful week and a great day. And God bless you in everything you do. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.